If you're from an expensive city like Toronto or Vancouver, you've probably heard all the horror stories about surging home prices, about how people are leaving these big cities in search of cheaper real estate. But what about Canadians from these smaller towns? What's the housing situation been like for them? Today, we're talking about how the pandemic has made housing more expensive in Canada's small towns and cities, and what that means for the people who grew up there. Welcome to Season 4 of Stress Test, a podcast about personal finance for Gen Z and Millennials. I'm Rob Carrick, personal finance columnist at The Globe and Mail. And I'm Roma Luzio, personal finance editor at The Globe. So Roma, we're at it again. Can you believe that after a year and a half of remote recording because of the pandemic, we finally got to get out there in person and see not only each other, but also our guests. And then of course, on the one day we get out there with our whole production team, it rained. And I mean, it poured the whole day. That is true. I don't think it let up for a split second. I had my windshield wipers on the whole way traveling from Ottawa to Belleville, Ontario, which is where we, um, where we went to discover what's happening with small towns and housing. Mm-hmm. So Rob, we chose Belleville sort of after a bit of a search and an outreach. Let's talk about how we got there. Well, what we did is we asked readers of the Caricon Money newsletter, that's my uh, twice-weekly email newsletter on all things to do with personal finance, we asked them to tell us their stories about what's happening in their small town uh, in terms of real estate. Are people from big cities moving in to uh, take advantage of cheaper housing prices? And boy, did we hear a lot of sad stories. Why don't you summarize them for us, Roma? Yeah, the influx of uh, emails was amazing. And the themes were consistent. People were upset and angry, and I think a bit bewildered by the dramatic increase in house prices. We heard a lot of reaction from people within you know, a number of hours of driving range of Toronto. But we know for a fact that people have left Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, A lot of young buyers as well went to smaller towns and rural properties searching for cheaper housing. What that did for the people that were already living in these places is it drove up the price of housing there. It increased the amount of traffic there. It changed everything about it, including, you know, access to a doctor, access to a vet. People were struggling to find daycare spots. All of the things that you would imagine would happen by a bunch of people just being dropped in there without any changes to infrastructure. Yeah, you know, this is a super interesting story and it goes beyond personal finance. It shows you how personal finance can sort of affect your entire life. Life in these small towns is changing and that got us interested as journalists. What's going on here? Is there a story to report? And that is how we came to Belleville, Ontario. Uh, I've driven past Belleville about a million and a half times, uh, traversing the 401 between Toronto and Ottawa. Uh, It's one of many little towns along the 401 close to Lake Ontario where people have been migrating in um, in search of cheaper housing. So what we did is we arranged a day of talking to people in Belleville to find out what's happening in town and how do they feel about it. First up, we'll hear from a young man named Cam. He'd always planned to buy his first home in a smaller city like Belleville. But COVID threw his plans out the window. That's up next. Stress Test is brought to you by CPP Investments, manager of the Canada Pension Plan Fund. The fund is sustainable with over $500 billion in assets, thanks to CPP Investments. Learn more at cppinvestments.com. In Belleville, we spoke with Cam, who grew up in the area. He and his fiancée were planning a wedding, 
and saving for their first home before they start a family. My name's Cam. I uh, grew up in Tweed, Ontario, which is actually just about a half hour north of Belleville here, and uh, I'm 24 years old. Before the pandemic lockdown, life was looking really good for Cam. He was newly engaged and on track to buy a home in Belleville, where he'd always pictured himself living. He had his down payment money saved, was working with a realtor, and had a mortgage specialist. By all accounts, he and his fiance were in good shape. The couple had budgeted $350,000 for their starter home with a 10% down payment. I don't know. We were optimistic. Uh, I have a, a friend of my dad's who's a realtor who was helping us out, and uh, he set us up with an awesome mortgage specialist. Together, we were kind of a, a good team, and everything was looking really positive. And when uh, myself and my fiance graduated uh, from university, we moved back home in with my parents to save some money. Uh, and we kind of budgeted a year and a half to sort of save a, a down payment. We were on track to hit that. Then the pandemic hit. Cam and his fiance first thought the housing market would crash and prices would drop. But as we all know, that didn't happen. We were both very lucky in that we weren't unemployed during the, uh, the pandemic. Uh, I was working with a company and she had a uh, government job. So we were solid. Um, and uh, yeah, then it sort of snowballed and snowballed and uh, things got worse and worse. And we were noticing when we were going to look at houses that, uh, well, open houses for a while weren't even happening. Uh, and then uh, when they started to happen and we started to go, we noticed it was busier and busier. Prices were kind of getting higher and higher. Uh, and then we heard from our realtor a lot of like overbidding where people were placing bids for houses like way over asking. And uh, it was it was getting crazy because we were hoping that we were going to be able to, you know, make offers around asking price. And uh, that was slowly looking like it wasn't going to be the case. You might be thinking that 24 is really young to want to own a home. But for Cam, who has a life plan, it made sense. I don't know. I've always had the understanding of uh, like, you know, certain goals in mind where I want to graduate from university and I want to, uh, you know, start a family. But uh, in my mind, be uh, becoming a home homeowner was uh, kind of step one before starting a family. So during this time, there were three houses that Cam and his fiance wanted to bid on, but they were snapped up before they even had the chance to put in an offer. Buyers were skipping home inspections to make their offer more appealing. And that's something Cam refused to do, despite seeing a house he really liked. There were some concerns of uh, like water damage in the basement and uh, a little bit of uh, markings in the ceiling uh, as well in like the master bedroom. Uh, so I chatted with our realtor and said, well, I'd like to probably get a, uh, an inspection. And uh, he basically said, if you, if you request a, an inspection, you're not going to get this house. Uh, which was quite shocking. Uh, it was basically looking like the market, if you had to finance and you were going to ask for an inspection, uh, there was no chance you were going to get the properties that you wanted. You think skipping a home inspection is a big deal? How about buying a home without actually ever stepping foot in it? A house on his parents' street that he's driven by his whole life was up for sale and in Cam's price range too. But the neighbors had started a sheep farm and the animals were getting pretty close to the property line. So we looked at that and went, oh my gosh, ooh, we don't want that house because there's going to be sheep at your doorstep in a matter of months, uh, if not a year. 
And then we heard from our realtor that it went 50,000 over asking sight unseen. Uh, somebody from Toronto purchased it and, uh, yeah, had never seen it and, uh, paid, paid over the asking price by, uh, quite a lot, a lot more than we could manage. In hindsight, what would Cam say to the buyers of that sheep home? Uh, I'd congratulate them because I, I wish I had uh, looked past the sheep and purchased the home. <laughs> so despite doing everything right to buy a starter home, live with your parents, limit your spending and save a down payment, Cam still feels like breaking into the housing market where he grew up. It's just not possible right now. We thought that we'd be able to afford in our uh, our hometown, and that that wasn't the case. Uh, we quickly realized. So, yeah, it was it was frustrating. Now our game plan has been uh, kind of to step back and uh, I don't know, hope that the uh, the market crashes a little bit, save more of a down payment so we can afford something more expensive. We uh, had to invest in a new vehicle because uh, one of our vehicles wasn't cutting it for us anymore. Um, so we had to dip into our uh, uh, our down payment money for, for that. Um, but yeah, even in car buying, we couldn't go and, uh, and finance a new car because that would affect us getting a mortgage. That was a, a bit difficult too because I have a lot of friends that I've seen kind of say screw it and they've went and financed a, a brand new car. And, uh, uh, and yeah, I don't know. We were told by our mortgage, uh, uh, our mortgage specialist, that if you do that, you're kind of tying your hands for the next five years because that's seen as uh, as against your income kind of thing. Cam isn't an anomaly when it comes to locals being priced out of their small town housing markets. A lot of his friends are having the same experience, or worse. On the other hand, I have lots of uh, other friends who. Uh, are single. They don't have access to dual income like myself and my mm-hmm. fiance do. Uh, and they feel absolutely hopeless because uh, being able to afford a home on a single income, unless you make a crazy amount, is pretty impossible. Uh, and then I have other couple friends that are in the same boat as us. They want to uh, they want to purchase a home, but uh, even their dual income isn't, isn't cutting it. And uh, yeah, a lot of friends have uh, moved to the city as well. Uh, and they're they kind of had the expectation that they'd be uh, unable to afford a home there. So yeah, a lot of my friends are all stuck in uh, in rentals and unable to get out. Cam sees both sides of the housing situation in his home community of Belleville. Right now, the couple has paused house hunting and are renting a place from his grandma, which he's helping fix up. I, I think it's done a lot of great things for the community. I think there's a lot of uh, businesses that rely on the growth of Belleville. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it's, it's just kind of pricing out people uh, like me that, uh, that can't, uh, can't afford to live here anymore. Yeah, it's just, just a challenging time to be a, a first-time homebuyer. What blows me away about Cam's story is that this is Belleville, Ontario, a very nice little city, but never one to experience high-priced real estate in the past. The pandemic has completely upended this city's housing market, and so many others like it. What's your impression, Roma? Well, one thing that strikes me is how together Cam is for such a young man. He's smart, he's articulate, he's focused. He made all of the right steps for someone looking to buy a home. In many ways, his story is just really about bad timing. I mean, if he'd bought a house six months or a year before the pandemic hit, he'd be sitting pretty now. But looking ahead, I mean, I think you and I both probably agree that at some point, Cam will be a homeowner. Oh, for sure. But you know, what interests me here is that there are cities and towns of Cam's all across the country who have hit a brick wall of homeownership in their small town. That used to be the place where you could afford to buy. 
Absolutely. And so what we're seeing is spillover of that housing frenzy. And unfortunately for Cam, it's hit him at the wrong time. Cam's frustration with house prices isn't a one-off. After the break, we'll hear from a local realtor about how much prices have jumped and how local millennials are dealing with it. CPP Investments is proud to manage the assets of the Canada Pension Plan Fund. The Canada Pension Plan provides retirees a solid income foundation. In support of that important priority, we've built a well-balanced and globally diversified portfolio. It's designed to be resilient in the face of wide-ranging market and economic conditions. Through good times and bad, our professional investment teams have helped make CPP a plan that contributors and beneficiaries can count on for generations to come. Learn more at cppinvestments.com. On our rainy road trip, we also met with Don McCall, a realtor with eCourt Realty Brokerage. He took us on a tour of a typical Belleville neighborhood. The streets had mature trees, a mix of wartime bungalows and large brick family homes with bikes and well-tended gardens out front. At the end of the street, a closed-down factory. Don said it might get built into a subdivision. So we asked Don what he predicts will happen to the housing market in Belleville as we come out of the pandemic. It's a hard thing to predict, right? It's um, supply is is the issue. There's so few houses on the market. That's what's driving the price up. And there's a lot of factors have gone into it. Around here, it seems to be people moving in from out of the area. But, um, you know, uh, on, a, on a national basis, there's lots of other issues, I think, that are, that are causing this. But uh, I, I don't see a slowdown in the near term. According to Don, the price range for a first-time home buyer pre-pandemic would be in the $200,000 range. That would get you a three- to four-bedroom house with two bathrooms. Now, that $200,000 starter home has doubled in price to $400,000 or more. Well, now it's difficult because you run into, a lot of times, 18, 20, 25 offers on a place. It changes how you have to do your offer. Um, Home inspections don't happen as often. Uh, crunch time on financing. A lot of people, if, if they're selling in Toronto, they, they can come down here and buy if they've already sold their house. So there is no financing clause. So it's a, you see a lot more cash offers where before you'd have, you know, time to do a home inspection. And if you're outside of the city to do a, a, a well test and a septic inspection and things like that, and you don't have those opportunities as much anymore. Like many towns close to a big city, home prices grew extremely fast in Belleville and its surrounding areas. I had a client that looked at a house last year, so not in town, but in Belleville still, in Thurlow Ward, so that's up north of the 401. And last year, in August, it sold for 385000 This year, in August, it sold for 580 Don, who has four children in their 20s, says none of them can afford a house right now. They all still live at home with him. Well, it just it drives a lot of the first-time buyers out of the market because the prices have gone up so much. Like I said about you could buy a house for 200000 before. I showed a house last night. Now, this was in Trenton, and it was listed at one ninety nine nine. That's the first time in a long time I've seen a house listed at that, and it wasn't livable. It had to be a completely gutted and redone. And when at last I heard last night, there was nine offers in on it. Just about every time I look at a place and go, I can't believe it's worth that much and then it sells for even more it's just daily 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 you see that it's uh 
it's hard to describe. Small towns like Belleville have never experienced a hot housing market like this before. It used to be the case that if you lived in a smaller town like Belleville, you had a good job, you'd saved a little bit, you would be able to afford to buy a home without bankrupting yourself. It was just something that could happen. And now what we're seeing is that equation has been turned on its head by the pandemic. This influx of buyers coming in, the bidding wars, the buying houses, sites and scene, those were things that never would have happened in Belleville. What I find really interesting about Don is that he's living both sides of the housing store. He's a real estate agent. He's a ground zero of all this, but he also has millennial age kids who are having trouble getting into Belleville's housing market. Mm -hmm. The thing that strikes me is how quickly the entire situation turned on its head. We're talking about the period of a year and a half, two years. To have a real estate market transform like that so quickly, I think that's what towns like Belleville are grappling with. Yeah, that's true. We've undone decades, decades, maybe even centuries of affordability in small towns. And I think the main thing that we've been seeing in all of the housing stories we've covered is that the pandemic has exacerbated this feeling of helplessness and anger and desperation among the young adults that are trying to buy homes. They really feel like they've missed out. And that's part of what's pushed people into smaller towns and cities like this to look for houses in places like Belleville. New residents to the city means more demand for services like childcare, family doctors, vets, and tradespeople. Just down from the residential street we visited with Dawn is a daycare called First Adventures. I spoke with director Debbie Milne about what the influx of new families coming to Belleville means for their daycare. I love that we're getting a much more diverse group, um, uh, broader ethnicity. We, we have always had a waiting list. So we have actually had people coming from Toronto, coming from Ottawa, and they're phoning to go on our waiting list before they've even got a house in this community. We're seeing a huge, uh, a significant growth in the for-profit centre in our community. We have one, two, three new for-profit centres that have opened. That's right. People from other cities are putting their names on the waiting list even before they actually buy a home in Belleville. I have families that are travelling from Brighton and from Picton for childcare. Mm-hmm. So it is really um, it is really significant. There's not enough to serve the current community or the growing community. You know what the story of Belleville uh, highlights for me is how the housing story has grown from something that happened in Toronto and Vancouver, and then it was Toronto and Vancouver and surrounding cities, and then it was Ottawa and Montreal were part of it. Now it's national, and Belleville helps document this. People are flowing out of big cities across the country. They're looking for affordable housing. They're filling up small towns and um, affecting their real estate markets. And it is a story I think we're going to be looking at for years to come. Couldn't agree more. The fallout from this will be something we'll be keeping an eye on, whether some of these buyers decide that they're going to return back to the big cities, whether they'll be forced to, whether they'll decide that they love living in Belleville, whether or not the infrastructure, the amount of doctors, daycare, so on, ends up picking up and being able to accommodate the families that are living there. This is a really interesting turning point that we're in, in terms of where people are living and how they choose to live. Certainly, affordable housing has changed the equation and sent people looking in places that they wouldn't have before. 
What's happening in Belleville also changes the personal finance housing. We've been saying for a while that if you can't afford to live in the city, move out to the country, move out to a smaller city. Well, now we've got a generation of people who've moved to those smaller cities, raised the prices. We're going to have to look to even smaller communities and even more far-flung places. And I'll just add on a note, something interesting that um, that Cam was mentioning is that when you go outside of Belleville, the internet isn't that great. So it's not that, it's not that easy to move outside of the big, bigger cities and even the smaller cities. Thanks for listening to Stress Test. This show was produced by Amy Chan and Zara Kozema. Audio engineering and editing by Kyle Fulton. Our executive producer is Kieran Rana. Thank you to guests Cam Berry, Don McCall, and Debbie Mill. If you like what you heard, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Our next episode talks about inflation. Are you noticing your everyday costs of living rising from groceries to gas prices? Why is it happening and how long will it last? You don't want to miss this one. You can find Stress Test at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And find us at theglobeandmail.com, where we cover all things financial. Thanks for listening to our Belleville Road Trip. See you next week. Stress Test is brought to you by CPP Investments, manager of the Canada Pension Plan Fund. Canadians can be confident in the fund's sustainability. In the last 10 years, CPP Investments has earned more than $300 billion for the Canada Pension Plan. With over $500 billion invested around the world, CPP is set to provide a retirement income foundation for generations to come. Learn more at cppinvestments.com.